Konnichiwa and welcome back to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. We're back for season three. We've got a new special uh, guest host in Hayden Bidwell Curtis. We've got a special guest as well. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a great season, so let's go! Welcome back, everyone. A uh, very, very smooth uh, intro to start. No stuffing up at all, but um, thanks for the. Uh, Nods of approval, guys. Um, it's good to be back. It's been a long break since my last one. Uh, not really living up to the weekly name, but hopefully that's all going to change again. Got an exciting new show this season. So, uh, yeah, can't wait. But firstly, I'd like to introduce you to our guest host in Hayden Bedwell Curtis. Uh, thanks, H. Konnichiwa, um, Minasan. How's everything going? Yeah, really good. Four weeks down of preseason and um, we're into our work. Excited to be on the podcast, excited to uh, get this done weekly, hopefully on a Monday. Mm. It's an exciting time, exciting times. Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, uh, we've got a bit of time Monday, Arvo, so we'll be able to do this and then maybe get it out. I don't know. I don't want to put any pressure on myself at Tuesday or Wednesday or something um, and then just go from there. Maybe, yeah, Saturday. No, (laughs) but uh, it's been very exciting. We've got somebody who knows Japanese rugby very well in H here. He's going to tell us. But all the news, you probably don't want to hear me speaking. I'm a nobody, but he's a master of Japanese rugby. So excited to have him on board. And then our special guest uh, is another legend of Japanese rugby, the nicest Aussie I've ever met. Uh, and that's saying a lot of things because every Aussie I've met is quite nice. But uh, we've got Daniel Makoto-Lindi here. Uh, thanks, Makoto-san. Um, thanks for coming on. All right, thank you. Good to be here, mate. Uh, last episode, I think, was in May. Mm. So um, very exciting to get the Japan Rugby Weekly up and running again. Nice. Um, I know, uh, obviously, your middle name, or second first name, is Makoto, which is a Japanese name. But um, you've got the uh, Japanese passport, is that right? Sort of. Uh, yes, that is <laughs> correct. Um, I got my Japanese citizenship uh, two years ago. Oh, nice. So, yeah, um, I was able to choose a select a new name when I received that. So, mm. yeah. Um, chose Makoto. Yeah, what does Makoto mean? But um, I actually chose it due to uh, the kanji Shin. Oh yeah. So um, uh, there was a few, I guess, uh, reasons behind that. Um, one of the, uh, I guess, senior members of the Mitsubishi Dynamo's team is Makoto um, Tosasa. Mm. Um, he was a big influence in my time here in Japan. Um, even though his Makoto is a different kanji and yeah. a different meaning, but um, and then. I had a few people just saying that uh, my kind of characteristics was the yeah, honest and I guess true, so it fit my Very name true. well. Yeah, yeah, that's a great name, great name, nice. Um, and obviously you've been here a long time. This is your first time on the uh, potty, so uh, hopefully you'll be able to have a bit of a chat about your life in Japan. Um, you've been area, you've been a Japanese legend of rugby, so I can't wait to uh, get into that. But um, yeah, like you said, it's been a long time between drinks. Lots happened in Japan around the world. Um, I thought every week would be good to just start with a bit of a roundup of world rugby. Um, but obviously, there are a few international games on NZ versus South, uh, South Africa. Don't know if it was uh, on purpose that we started once All Blacks won, but um, yeah, great to see them win. Did you uh, catch that game, H? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was an awesome game. Watched it on uh, watched the replay on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it was quite late here in Japan, around twelve o'clock. So mm-hmm. I wasn't staying up to um, to see the All Blacks lose, which is what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, woke up and uh, seen a big scoreline. And as a fellow Kiwiman, yep. I was pretty rapt to see the All Blacks uh, get up 
yeah, yeah. get up with W. I think uh, first time in a while that a lot of people I know, like Kiwis and stuff, were kind of not that confident on a NZ win, but the boys, uh, yeah, played well. Um, I, uh, same as you, it was pretty late over here. I was a bit knackered, so I uh, went to bed, but got up to some great news. So, um, yeah, real physical game. It looked like um, the boys played well, obviously under heaps of pressure, but uh, amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, going from the last week, uh, the week before, you know, they basically got dominated in every aspect of the game and and then uh, seven days to turn it around and get a good W. Everyone was saying it was a good win, um, and it was. Mm. Um, yeah, it's amazing what seven days did for the for the team and yeah really stoked for them they um definitely tidy up a few a few areas of the game mm-hmm. the scrum was a little bit better we did get dominated a, bit, a little bit there uh line out was better line out more was was definitely a lot better yeah yeah um so yeah it's amazing what jason jason ryan has done there yeah. in the last what, two weeks he's been in camp so mm-hmm. good things moving forward i think yeah the, nice um, well, obviously, we've got a line-out legend in Makoto-san next to us, but uh, did you catch that game as well? Uh, mate, to be honest, I'm more focused on the Argentina Wallowies mm, game, so I um, yeah. uh, concur with uh, HBC. Definitely a week makes a huge difference. Um, that's shown in the result from the Wallowies game. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Biggest, <laughs> yeah. Biggest loss, uh, I think, in the rugby championship, so it's not mm. a great record that anyone wants to have, but... Um, Argentina definitely came out hungry. It was shown in, in all the physical battles and Checker, um, was quite, uh, I guess had a pretty good idea of that he wanted to contest the high ball this yep. week. Um, so Australia's back three were, were found out wanting in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the uh, Argentina forwards, just once they got into the 22, just got into their work and they were very effective in that area. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, um, it wasn't so much. Uh, I think it just shows that all four teams are, you know, good teams in that rugby championship. Like last week seemed quite dominant by the Wallabies, but then this week, uh, obviously the Pumas, Pumas came up. So, uh, yeah, exciting times. Um, it's obviously everyone's what one, one, lost one now. So yep. exciting times going forward. I think it's a couple of weeks until the next game. So, yep. no, um, obviously a lot of guys who've played for Japan or sorry, in Japan in a lot of those teams, uh, especially a lot of the South African boys, um, uh, played a lot here, Aussie guys as well. So no, it's uh, exciting times for, um, the rugby championship as well. Eh? But cool. Nice, nice. Um, obviously that's got not too much to do with rugby in Japan, which is kind of what we're here for. So, um, thought might go through a bit of the, got a lot to catch up on, I think. So we do, we do. Uh, first just on, that All Blacks, uh, it's been confirmed that they're going to be playing, uh, Japan in October, maybe the 27th, was it? Um, so yeah, yeah 27th, yeah. Exciting, uh, times there for them to, uh, come over. I've only actually ever watched the All Blacks play in Japan in the World Cup because I'm a bit oh, of really? a leaguey, so never seen them in NZ. So no, exciting times. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Hopefully it's, uh, um, well, I'm looking for tickets if anyone's mm. selling them. So I'm pretty, pretty keen to get along to the game where, uh, I think we're going to, we have a week off afterwards, so mm-hmm. you know that'll be awesome. that'll be tying tying really nicely. You know, finish our second block of training, go to the All Blacks game, yeah. watch them pump Japan. Maybe uh, and um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've obviously got a Japanese person in Dan next to us, who's uh, obviously thinking Japan's going to win. Get up, so definitely, um, definitely. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah perfect time for us. Almost like our coaches knew when they're going to play and uh, timed it accordingly. So yeah, thanks very much. Do a team function. Or Where's the game being held? Do you know? 
I don't know, but uh, most of the time, it's, I don't know if it's been confirmed yet. It might be, but yep. uh, the only thing I saw was just it was going to be on end of October. So, okay. um, yeah, they normally do it up here in Tokyo, yep. Yokohama area, or they have done a few in Oita race. So, okay. um, yeah, I mean, should be able to get somewhere and then we'll do a bit of a, maybe a live podcast before it or something. And Definitely. Hard, get all that. At the game? Can mm-hmm. we do one at the game? That'd uh, yeah, be pretty epic. yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. Probably won't be able to hear anything. Yeah, but, true. Um, everyone will know we were doing it, so. That's right. Um, no, nah, that's the dream. Maybe get a few uh, of our five listeners along with us and <laughs> we could do a fan, uh, yeah, fan meet or a community meet. I don't think we've got any fans. We've got a community. Community. So, that's yeah. what we're trying to build. Yeah, nice. Um, obviously, there's a lot of uh, news on signings. A few teams have gone up. A few teams have gone down. So a whole new uh, division, basically. But um I don't think there's been anything really in English that's shown what the two divisions in uh, Division 1 are going to be, but should we just quickly go through those? Yeah, let's go through them. So obviously you've got Division A and B. A, you've got the Saitama World Knights, uh, who were obviously champions last year. You've got the Toshiba uh, Brave Lupus. You've got the Toyota Verblitz. Uh, Shizuoka Blue Revs, who two years ago were Yamaha. Now the Blue Revs. Uh, you've got the Black Rams Tokyo, who are the Rico team. And then the Mighty, the Mighty uh, Mitsubishi Juko, Sagamihara Dinopause, who are obviously the team we will uh, work for slash play for. So, um, yeah, exciting times. So, a good pool. Um, I think the pool in terms of how it's done is on the rankings from last year. So, you got the first and fourth place, fifth place, eighth place, ninth place, and then us who were promoted. Um, so a good mix there. But, um, nah, anyone you guys are excited to play? I think we play these teams twice, conference beat once, but yep. yeah. What are your thoughts on, um, us getting back up into the big time and um how do you think how do you reckon we'll go i'm very confident in the team this year we've um we're putting in some hard yards already uh pre-season has been a lot different compared to previous years and yeah boys are clocking in some work so yeah i think we're going to go really well next year it's um well it's pretty exciting to see pano and toshiba Mm -hmm. and toyota you know they've been three big teams in the past toshiba did really well this last season yep Obviously, Panna always do pretty well and always have a strong team. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, they've sort of, them and Suntory have been a benchmark for the last few years. So it's always nice to come up against the best of the best. And yeah. as a footy player and as an, as an athlete, you know, you want to come up against um, the best team, the best players. So that'd be a good game for us. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, push them hard. Apparently, you get them, if you get them early on in the season, they can sometimes slip up because yeah. they're still on holiday mode or not. Yeah, yeah. You know, they know they're going all the way through to the finals. So they know when to peak. They know when to peak. Yeah. Exactly right. So when the Dynabors come in and play them early on, oh. hopefully we mm. cut them down. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, obviously, uh, the actual who's playing who hasn't been announced yet. So it'll be exciting to see who we have first up. Um, yeah. When's that supposed to come through? Um, we'll finalize. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, even, you know, a lot of times I think the teams and stuff get a bit earlier, but I don't think we've got it yet. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when it actually comes up. Uh, there's a lot of, I guess, all the decision making stuff always tends to take a long time in Japan. And, um, I guess they're just making it perfect. So yep. it's got a bit of a wait and see, but yep. well, I suppose we're still, we play, yeah. what, four months away from the start mm. of the season. So we do have. We do have time. Yeah, yeah. I think we're just uh, yeah, a bit too excited. We're you know, back in the top league in, uh, in the Division 1 in heavy days. But uh, obviously the second uh, group or the conference is Conference B and it's well, all the other six teams who we didn't just name. But just to quickly go through them, we got uh, the 
Santori, Toku Sangalith, you got Kubota Spears, you got the Cannon Eagles, uh, Kobe, the Steelers, uh, Green Rockets from NEC, and also the newly promoted team, uh, Hanazono Kintets Linus. So, a pretty good, uh, team over there is, oh, sorry, uh, conference over there as well. You've got, um, like Kobe finished seventh, which is pretty surviving, uh, surprising normally they're you know a top four team and one of those big teams so um they'll be looking it looks like they've you know uh signed everyone and looking to go um hard again they've got Santori who always good Kubota uh big movers and then Kennan last year were a big surprise so um yeah thoughts on that conference boys yeah well as you mentioned Doug like Japan rugby it's just becoming more and more competitive every year um as you said uh Kubota had a, a decent year last year um that was very successful for them um, you've always got your, your, uh, Suntory and your Panasonic usually up there, mm-hmm. but, um, each, as you saw during the season, every game, there was some upsets. There was very tight games that were won by less than three points, mm-hmm. um, multiple times. So Japan rugby is just getting more and more competitive every year. And as you look at the, at the schedule, um, yeah, it'll be very exciting no matter mm-hmm. who we play first or last. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, sure. Um, like you said, we only play one of the conference beat. Oh, we'll play the conference B teams all out one each, one time each, but, um, everyone else twice. And, um, yeah, I don't know if there's necessarily a stronger or weaker conference. They look pretty even, but, um, bit of news from, uh, the liners saying that Quaid Cooper is uh, obviously done as Achilles, as yeah. Achilles, which is it's a big loss for them. Yeah. Um, he obviously we played them what, three times last year. Yeah. And, um, he's a big, uh, player for them, obviously. Uh, Have so, they announced anyone, uh, uh to, a new signing to replace him yeah to I'm replace not him sure, yeah. um yeah uh, yeah what the goal is there obviously if they can they would want to but yeah. uh, you never know um i've heard you know some teams have insurance on their players so if somebody gets injured then you can still i guess use that money again on someone oh, okay. else but not sure how true that is how often that happens so yeah. maybe it's uh just for certain teams that i guess that would cost money who knows who knows um, yeah basically everything i say just uh, assume it's a lie but um <laughs> uh, it's uh yeah like you said a big loss here is a big part of uh, the success just uh i guess him and guinea the experience and just being able to lead the team and yeah just seems like they're getting you know more and more uh, confident in with age and yeah um yeah i mean uh any thoughts on i guess how they went last year Lindy? yeah well i mean they had a very successful year they are traditionally quite a famous team in mm. Japan um, they've got quite a bit of heritage in Japanese rugby um, being down there at Kintetsu and playing out of Hanazono yeah. it's quite a rugby rugby centric area um, but yeah definitely for Kintetsu Quaid was a big part of their program last year um, he's been there for a few seasons now and um, so he'll be a big loss for them on field but he'll, whether or not he can contribute off field um, that'll be up to you how they all figure that out but yeah. it does bring up a pretty interesting point um, it wasn't just Quaid that came out of that uh, game with injuries there was uh, Samu Karevi as well yeah. um, and just in terms of you know, Japan based international players mm-hmm. and how that's going to look going forwards it's a pretty interesting talking point um, obviously it's the companies that are putting up front the wages for these players yeah. um, and then if they get injured playing for their home country and lose them for the whole season yeah, yeah. Uh, just uh, what's going to happen around that it's pretty uh, it's going to be a big talking point going forwards especially yeah. after the World Cup yeah, yeah, when yeah. a lot of players are looking at coming over to Japan and other areas around the world. Mm, um, yeah, you might see teams you know, asking players once they come over here to just commit full-time to the Japan team, but 
obviously the players, those big names already have a bit of power there in terms of if you want me, then you got to let me do this kind of thing. So I didn't even know. But yeah, uh, like you said, Santoria looking for a uh, Category C centre, I guess now. Um, and who, you know, you know, they've been selling enough whiskey, they've got enough money probably. Um, but uh, when it's so late, with it being World Cup year, obviously after the World Cup, there'll be heaps of players who want to come over. But before the World Cup, I think it's quite hard to find players who want to turn their back on maybe international rugby too uh, even if it is big enough money maybe you know just one more year uh, go to the World Cup and then cash in so um, no it'll be interesting obviously there were a few rumours that uh, Nani Laomape is coming to Japan so obviously Santori need a centre there you had um, Am from South Africa who came to Kobe I uh, don't know if he's going back to Kobe so maybe Santori yeah who knows I we'll mean, see uh, see where he ends up but you know someone like Laomape obviously will be demanding the big bucks uh Naturally, I think he's real suited to Japan and no one will be able to tackle him. So yeah. um, I think if he was going to come, then regardless of who the team has at centre, it would have to be one of those uh, big names. So, you know, the Suntries, the Panas, the Corbears, those guys are the ones with the big money. So, um, yeah, then you'd think they'd be short odds, but who knows? Maybe they might have done it. So we'll, uh, um, get rid of, you know, 37 players. Cover his wage. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, this is a... Uh, H's last week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. But no, um, should be exciting. It's always exciting having those big names rumoured to be in Japan, eh? So. Oh, yeah. It's exciting for the comp and, you know, it just gets international attention around the world. So, yeah, you know, like you said before, Lamapi will be a hard um, hard man to stop. He was a hard man to stop in Super Rugby and yeah. no doubt he'll be a hard man to stop in Division 1. So, mm. that'll be good. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, and then... Uh, one of the teams who dropped from Division 1 to Division 2 was the NTT uh, Communication Shining Arcs, but they also had a bit of a rebrand. Um, obviously, there's a few uh, NTT teams. There was Dokomo as well, who went down to Division 3 on their own accord, mm-hmm. uh, wanted to be more, I guess, a Shane or employee team, it looked like, and a lot of their players have gone to the NTT comms team, who's also uh, rebranded to the uh, Urayasu D-Rocks. D-Rocks. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty interesting name i'm not sure where the d rocks came from but yeah it's um, an interesting name isn't it mm, yeah it's a very yeah i guess a japanese like name i guess you know very uh sounds cool maybe in japanese yeah. and um the d could stand for a lot of things maybe it stands for the dokomo yeah. maybe it stands for dynamic uh but there was another one detail as well oh, yeah. detail oh, yes disneyland disneyland yeah, yeah, well yeah, yeah it is close by disneyland if uh, you're a player who wants to <coughs> i guess uh go to Disneyland every week and maybe the D-Rocks are the place for you but, yeah um, we're pretty hard pressed to get in I looked at their team last night and there's mm-hmm. a lot of South Africans in there and mm-hmm. they're you know all Teddy Black and yep. the likes Israel Flowers out oh, the back yeah, yeah. A, I um, think they're going to have a lot of fun next year in Laidor Division 2 yeah, yeah. yeah still so, got Greg Laidor there Laidor is still yeah. there yeah um, no, I don't know how you're going to fit everyone in. Eh? Obviously, it's four foreigners. Uh, you can have up to three Category C and Category C is players who've played international rugby for other nations. Category yep. B, uh, which you are, I think H, uh, is a person who's not yet a Japanese player, but maybe in a few years has the chance to play for Japan in the future. So uh, there's three categories. You've got Lindy here, who's Category A, is Japanese. Um, so yeah, treated as a Japanese player on the rugby field and in everyday life, I think. So yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, they would have a lot of, uh, the Rocks would have a lot of uh, Category A players. Mm. Um, yeah, they've got guys like Shane Gates, who's obviously yep. South African, but played yep. for Japan. Yep. They've got um, a lot of guys. But yeah, I don't know what the rules are with the Category BCs, uh, like yep. how many you're allowed, but on the field, 
it's up to three category C on yep. the field, up to four overall, and then maybe six in the 23. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, quite different, quite unique. Yeah. Uh, not many other leagues are doing that. So, yeah, no, it should be uh, yeah. exciting. Yes. Whatever they, whatever team they put out there, it's going to be a strong team every mm-hmm. week. And, geez, there's a, there's a, they've got a big squad, yeah, of quality players. So, yeah, yeah. yeah they should, um, they should do pretty well in division two yeah um obviously they've got the shocky shuttles who uh won you know pretty well in that uh division three to go up to division two you also got a kamaishi who struggled a little bit last year but uh, got a good win against uh hino then you got hino and honda who were you know third and fourth uh you got shimizu who bet mazta in the promotion relegation to get up so should be a pretty competitive i think uh yeah league you've got maybe four teams there who are looking strong and also the Blue Sharks are maybe a fifth team who can upset, you know, almost anyone. So yep. um, last year, I think them against the Shuttles was a real tight game and um, no, they're growing a lot, so it should be exciting. Um, and then just Division 3, um, you've got the Dokomo team who've dropped down and obviously they'll still be strong. They went down on their own accord. You've got Jude and Voltex who are the only remaining Kyushu team, so well, the Kyushu boys keep behind them and uh, you got the Water Gush, the mighty Water Gush, the greatest name in Japanese rugby behind the D-Rocks, uh, the Red Rigu Lions who are probably the third greatest team in terms of name uh, and then you've got the Sky Act. Oh, it's just a league full wow. of great names. The that Sky Actives are the yep. Mazda team, so no, it's an exciting time to be in Japan, I think. Great car. Yeah. Nice, it's just going to be a thing about talking about all their names, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I just get confused with the D Rocks because it kind of sounds like a German accent saying like the, like D Rocks. D Rocks. So, um, no, it's a, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Obviously, new name, new team, and yeah, happy days. Um, and then in terms of signing news, obviously, there's a lot to catch up on. So I thought maybe you could do every week, just kind of talk through a team just talk about who they've got on their team notable signings and stuff and obviously with us being with the Dynables maybe we could start with us uh, firstly got a few Japanese players we got one from the Yamaha Blue Revs uh, Kento um, who is obviously a winger uh, slash fullback he uh, is half Ukrainian yep. um, so got that heritage as well and um, uh, uh, full Japanese oh, like in terms of, I think he's grown up over here, like fully speaks Japanese, knows a bit of English. Um, yeah. Good guy. Yeah, I've had a conversation with him in English. Mm. It's, yeah, his English is pretty good. Yeah, nice. Yeah, he seems like a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll uh, see who he really is on Friday night. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> bit of a social you guys have got on. So, uh, see, yeah. You might be like, oh, I'm never talking to him again. No, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure uh, he is. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and then you've got a uh, Nakagawa, uh, Maoya, who is from Honda, a good pickup from us. Uh, he's a Japanese lock who's one of the tallest Japanese boys I've uh, seen in a while. And, um, yeah, good in the line out. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, technically gifted look like. So maybe yeah. he's, uh, joining Lindy on the second, in the second row there. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Lindy's going to be a senpai or a senior. But what are your thoughts on Big Mao? Yeah. Definitely a good pickup. Um, had a few chats to him and, uh, he was starting for Honda last year when we played them, um, in Div 2. And yeah, he's definitely, uh, he's going to bring a lot of, uh, youth and exuberance. Mm. Um, but he's, yeah, already very knowledgeable around the lineout. Um, he's a physical guy and he's only going to get better under the management and the coaching that we have here. So very exciting. Yeah, nice. Uh, and then we have Big Chinen, uh, who's our, uh, tight head prop, who's coming from Toshiba, was an employee at Toshiba, um, and coming in. Yeah, he's a big boy. Uh, and I think he'll be good to put a bit of pressure on our uh, props that we've got and I guess share his experience here as well. So Yeah, uh, he moves some tin in the, in the gym as well. I think he squatted 
220 this morning. Mm. Yeah, 220 for five reps. He's a warm up. Yeah, he's a warm up. He's going. Yeah, yeah, so that's obviously Lindy's um, arm kill record. But, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, very exciting times there in terms of them. And then we've got two foreign uh, new signings as well. First one is uh, Walt Steenkamp from yep. South Africa, uh, tallest man in the Dynabos. Yeah, hasn't arrived yet. I think he's still playing Curry Cup maybe. But, yeah, Curry Cup. Um, yep. Yeah, should be coming a bit later in the preseason and uh, be exciting to get he's another big lock um, to get in there next to uh, Lindy. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then, second rows. Yeah. And then I guess a lot of the uh, guys that we have in relate to Lindy because the last uh, uh, we've got a 10 from Aussie, yeah. Um, but yeah, do you know anything about Mr. Matt Tumua? Uh, yeah, just uh, got announced uh, in the last week or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Tumua, um, obviously a very big name, a uh, very well named in Australia. Um, played a lot of uh, tests for Australia, uh, 15, around 59, 60 Ooh. caps, I believe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's uh, been pretty big for Australian rugby over the years um, and uh, he'll uh, he's actually quite um, formidable off field as well um, oh. he's uh, he's quite heavily involved with Rupa and, oh, yeah. yeah so um, he uh, obviously very he uh, interested in off field um, welfare around the players mm-hmm. um, in terms of on in terms of helping them out while they're players um, while they're after play after they finish playing um, oh, nice. So it'll be great to have him here. Just have a few chats with him. I think that'll fit in well here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, losing Colin Slade last year, um, Boar's looking for a, a 10 option, um, but he can play 10 12. So, yeah, it'll be, we've got a pretty stacked backline this year. So it'll be great for, for spots. Everybody competing for spots can only help the team get better. Yeah, nice. Um, it's great. Uh, obviously, having the off field leadership as well is a big thing. We've got a lot of uh, young pro rugby players over here who are Japanese and um, it's not it's quite a new thing for most of the team to be I guess pro in Japan a lot of them are normally employees who have a job for life and um, yeah for them not to have that security you know once their contract's up you don't know what's going to happen if you're going to get another one or not and just having that advice on what to do after footy um, yeah could be uh, I guess exciting but it looks like you guys are already thinking about stuff after footy. We had a bit of a meeting. You guys are looking to go into the uh, coffee business. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I've heard Matt Tamua is pretty good at coffee as well. Oh. He's a coffee enthusiast, so we have to uh, pick his brains when he comes on over. But yeah, Lindy and I are delving into the coffee world and wow. understanding the business of doing business in Japan mm. uh, with uh, yeah, getting a coffee business up and running. So nice. yeah, watch this space. Yeah, it's soon to be the official coffee of uh, Japan Rugby Weekly. Yeah, so definitely can't wait. We'll be uh, sipping on the sweet nectar uh, before every podcast, I guess. Uh, but no, um, yeah, I don't really know what I'm going to do once computers can translate better than me. But uh, <laughs> well, that'll yeah, never happen. <laughs> hopefully, it's uh, not for a year or two. But yeah, scary how good um, they're all getting. So um, at least they don't know much about rugby lingo. But anyway. Um, I digress. Um, obviously, we uh, don't want to talk too long about, you know, just uh, the stuff. Most of the stuff you can look up online. A lot of the stuff, though, is in Japanese. So just uh, one of the reasons why I got this podcast is here, what it's like to actually play, coach, uh, live in Japan, but also just a bit of the news every week. And um, with that, we've got, like we said, someone who's been in Japan a very long time, played for a couple of teams, and, um, yeah, is basically, you know, like we said, uh, Japanese, so I uh, thought I'd like to pick your brain a bit and hear about the adventures of the great Dan Makoto Lindy, if uh, that's all right, Lindy. Yeah, no worries. Um, definitely, I've uh, yeah, been here longer than what I initially expected when I first signed. 
in 2009 for yeah, Honda Heat, yeah, yeah. Um, based down in Mir. Um, it was only a one-year contract, uh, but yeah, ended up staying three years um, mm-hmm. at Honda. Um, great place down there, yeah, great environment. I really enjoyed my time there. Um, and then another opportunity here at the Dynables, um, which uh, is gone quite fast when I think back. Um, now that I've been here for, I think, coming up, this will be my 10th season, I oh, believe. Wow. Um, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's gone quite quickly, but, um, yeah, really enjoyed my time here. Um, I've been, uh, had the privilege of playing with some of the world's best players. Um, yeah, even here at Mitsubishi, we've had Shane Williams, uh, Stephen Donald, um, yeah, <laughs> so many All Blacks, Anthony Boric, I got to play with, um, Fafili Lavave, uh, I could yeah, just keep on listing them. So as a player who never really played super super rugby or any tests, um, being able to not just play with these people and learn from them, uh, just being able to spend time with them off field and yeah. um, get to know them as people as well, it's been an amazing experience. Yeah, nice. Uh, what kind of made you decide to come over here? Like, uh, what was that opportunity like? Uh, yeah, well, I just finished um, our campaign with the Australian Under-19 team. Yeah. Um, and I was with the Queensland Reds uh, in the academy and had a few opportunities there, but um, my agent just approached me um, and said that, yeah, Honda were interested in looking for a, a younger uh, lock back row um, if I was interested in having a year abroad. Um, I'd always wanted to travel. I uh, hadn't really traveled a whole heap as a, a younger person. So, yeah, getting the opportunity to be in a full-time professional environment um, to play rugby and travel um, ticked a lot of boxes for me. So, uh, yeah, I... Um, Packed up and 13 years later, here I am. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Living the dream. Yeah. yeah. Was it interesting? Uh, I guess the new culture of probably didn't speak the language back then, but how was that going into a new culture and a team where they don't really speak English? Yeah. Well, I'm probably showing my age here a little bit, but uh, when I first came over, it was before iPhones. Um, so <laughs> none of this app stuff. We, uh, we relied on people like you, Dougie, back then. Um, yeah, so didn't really have any smartphones or anything like that to help you get around. So, yeah, just a young 20-ish, 21-year-old guy trying to find his feet. But everyone was so helpful. I actually lived in the dorms with uh, uh, the Japanese Honda players for the first couple of months. And they uh, introduced me to the culture firsthand. And that was an amazing experience. Um, but, yeah, even things like going to the grocery store, is, uh, it teaches you a lot about yourself. And, um, yeah, it has some tough days, but, yeah, some really good days too. Yeah. What was the room like in the in your dormitories, and what's that ex- experience like? Yeah, um, good stories. Definitely sure for someone. <laughs> <laughs> definitely for someone who hadn't travelled much, um, kind of getting picked up from the airport and not really being able to speak too much Japanese, and getting driven back to yeah, just basically a a, a domicile that's just a door and a two by two room with a futon on the floor, and that was oh, pretty futon. much it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, full Japanese. So immersed in the experience. Yeah. Um, getting into the room and looking around for my shower after a long flight and long travel and there not being any shower in the room i was a little bit confused but uh some nice people there explained to me that the offro the uh, shower area was on the on the first floor where everyone had the communal showers so oh really yeah day one was a pretty uh g'day how you going type of experience <laughs> but uh yeah you get tight pretty quickly in those kind of areas yeah 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 um yeah, because that's one thing a lot of people probably aren't used to going in those onsen or kind of things where you just strip down and, uh, I guess, relax in a, you know, hot 40, 41 degree pool. But, um, yeah, 
once people have experienced it, most people, you know, love it. So um, I guess that was your experience with Onsen, but any other big experiences that uh, you really enjoyed when you first came over? Um, well, it's pretty, we're Honda based uh, down in Suzuka. It's quite, um, it's definitely not uh, Tokyo mm-hmm. with um, just as far as you can see concrete. Uh, it's quite a, the main, I guess, a tourist attraction there is the F1 circuit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Suzuka circuit. So uh, I was uh, lucky enough to yeah, experience that in my second year there. Uh, we were given tickets, pretty good tickets right on the finish line and got to see Lewis Hamilton. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, uh, pretty eye opening to be able to experience that firsthand. But just, um, in my first couple of years, because I didn't know how long I was going to be here, I did quite a fair bit of travel mm-hmm. around Japan and just, I guess the history really hit me just how long Japan have been a nation um and just yeah the the such rich rich history that they have compared to australia being quite a a young country Mm -hmm. and that was so super interesting um was able to uh travel around and obviously do the touristy thing quite early on so i was really really lucky to do that yeah nice Um, any good spots that you'd recommend uh travelers go to in japan oh mate you basically just yeah anywhere everywhere yeah everywhere anywhere yeah pick a spot um obviously the big ones uh osaka kyoto and nara kyoto and nara the kind of old capitals yeah so much uh history the imperial palace um uh just yeah dig in basically everywhere you go um there'll be something to do any uh backstreet yokans mm. yokan is a japanese inn is yeah, that right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah any backstreet uh, or side places that you've the recommender stayed at uh yeah hakone is quite um good for that type of area there's traditional yeah gokans um you can stay there and then also do the kind of hakone um ofuro and onsen areas as well yep. um they're all natural there so yeah really really good after a big day of tourists walking around you can relax yeah, yeah. in one of those um then mount fuji also is quite close to there as well so head up to the fifth station and yeah immerse mm-hmm. yourself um and then those yokans well you just uh they bring you your whole course meal in your room, is it? So. Yeah, big time. Yeah, so you can just relax in your room and you're fully catered for and bring you in a tray with all your different types of dishes on there. And yeah, wow. it's a really good experience. I've yet to experience this. I must try. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe we'll do a podcast excursion. Yeah. Uh, just uh, put Bloody it on the company card, which at the stage is my card. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it should be. A, it's fun times. Obviously, part of it's like looking at the food it's just like art you don't really want to touch it because it looks so pretty but yeah and then just eating a lot of things that maybe you've never eaten before and then you get another one uh, in the morning a lot of people uh like lunch and dinner in japan a lot more than breakfast i think breakfast is uh, sometimes just like you know a bit of fish um, rice miso soup and um yeah some people more into you know the baking eggs and stuff so yeah. it's a bit of hit and miss depending on who you uh, talk to there but yeah. uh yeah all in all the experiences are pretty good eh? Yeah. yeah, big time. Yeah, um, and then yeah, you talked about getting the opportunity to come to the Mighty Boars, but um, how did that come along? And uh, yeah, was that a tough decision to make? Uh, yeah, well, I'd actually just after Honda, I returned back to Australia for about ten months, um, and then I was actually playing club rugby back in Australia um, and started studying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, my agent uh, approached me and said that Mitsubishi were looking for a backup lock for Anthony Boric, um, ex All Black, who. Um, yeah, very big man, very, uh, very strong player. He just had a few neck issues. Um, so they were just wanting someone to kind of cover him in case uh, things didn't go too well with his neck. Um, so yeah, lucky for me. Um, so yeah, came back over. 
uh, it was a tough decision because I just kind of started studying and was kind of looking at uh, Australian life, I guess. Mm. But um, my partner at the time, now wife Meg, uh, she was pretty intrigued by the idea of, I uh, obviously spoke well of my time in Japan, so she was pretty keen to come over and experience a bit of that too. Um, so, yeah, it was just a two-year contract initially. Um, and then once that had run its course, um, we were having a great time here and loved the environment, the area and the people. So it was an easy decision to stay. Yeah, beauty. Had that been, um, had that been Meg's first time to Japan or outside of Australia? Meg's first time, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she was pretty, uh, interested in the culture. And yeah, again, I told her a few stories in my time <laughs> here as well. So yeah, probably a bit biased, but yeah, she was very excited to come over and yeah, she loves it here too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Um, and then a bit closer to Tokyo and stuff, so maybe a bit different of an environment to what you had at um, the Honda Heat, but yeah, still good, I guess. Yeah, correct. Um, here at Sagamihara, we're pretty, I guess, centrally located to both Yokohama and to Tokyo, so things like uh, day trips and little trips out are, are quite a bit easier than having to drive two hours to Osaka yep. from, uh, from where Honda are based. Um, so different experience in terms of being a bit more centrally located, but yeah, it's yeah. a good place. Beauty. Um, and then obviously you said after a few years there, you had the opportunity to become Japanese. Uh, but again, was that a tough decision for you? And, um, how did that process come about? Yeah. Um, again, never thought if you told me 10 years ago that I'd, uh, have the opportunity to get Japanese citizenship, citizenship, I would have, uh, would have laughed in your face. But, um, yeah, time flew. Um, and yeah, basically, I was explained the process of once you've been here and lived in Japan for a certain time that you were eligible to apply for citizenship. Mm-hmm. Um, purely for rugby purposes, we were having lessons um, on a weekly basis, a couple of times a week, um, because in rugby and off-field, being able to communicate with the other players is a huge part of the experience. Yep. Um, so thankfully, I had a bit of Japanese study under my belt Um had to put a little bit more work in for that process. Um, hadn't done a heap of kanji before that process, yeah. but um, having to do all the paperwork and the test for that um, test definitely had to put the work in. Um, so it wasn't easy. Definitely wasn't easy. You can see why. It's uh, the I'm pretty sure it's the strongest citizenship in the world mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, it's definitely usually one or two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, it definitely wasn't an easy process, but um, well worth it. Yeah. Nice. Because you're, you're doing a bit of Japanese study at the moment, age, so. Yeah, I do a bit of Japanese study every now and then. It's pretty, um, yeah, like Lindy said, it's, it's a process and yeah. it's a very slow process. And mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't really do too well at high school or primary school. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was always good on the footy field, but off the footy field, yeah, yeah, battled a bit. But yeah, uh, slow to getting better. It uh, opens so many doors and opportunities. Like just, I guess, having that. Uh, consciousness or like wanting to actually try and speak just goes such a long way if people see the effort then they will meet you halfway um, but if you just obviously uh, don't show the effort I think it's probably the same in a lot of places but then people might not you know be uh, bridge that I guess gap a bit for you so yeah I know uh, Michael Tosana speaks a lot of Japanese and he's uh, yeah it's um, probably better than me to be fair so I've got a lot for me to learn there but uh, nice don't want to obviously keep you too long but uh, always ask a few questions to the guests I think H's probably got a couple as well um, with these stuff we're dying to ask but we just felt too embarrassed to ask uh, but now that we're in the podcast form it's got a reason to so uh, his first one I always ask everyone do you have a favourite Japanese phrase or word? Favourite Japanese phrase? 
just to put you which on the one? spot. Which one? Which one? <laughs> There's so many. Or even ask favorite kanji if you want. <laughs> um, I mean, in terms of most used one, definitely for uh, initially in those first couple of years, sort of snare oh, is yeah. always a good one. Um, if you're ever in trouble. Mm. Um, what does sort of snare mean? The sort of snare. <laughs> well, it can be used in so many situations. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's a one fit, one fits all kind of, yeah. one size fits all, but, um, probably kaidama, mm. kaidama on probably a good phrase. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, being in Japan, always, uh, yeah, always uh, love the food and getting into it. So yeah, kaidama is always a good one to know. So kaidama is for when you're having ramen. You've got the soup, obviously, but I think the soup's the part that probably costs the most. So you're paying for that and the noodles. But if you want to add more noodles, if you're eating the noodles, still got soup left, you can get a kaidama. Sometimes cheapest I've seen is 10 yen for a kaidama. So you basically can have like 10 servings of noodles for a dollar. Um, so no, great word there. Very cost effective. Yeah, yeah. Very efficient. Um, maybe not so great on the uh, heart, but um, in terms <laughs> of the salt, salt, but no. Yeah. After a big day of training. Oh, that's right. Yeah. After a big day, it's fine, eh? Nice. <laughs> 10 servings. <laughs> nice. Um, oh, sweet. And then that kind of goes on to what's your favorite Japanese food? Um, favorite Japanese food? Uh, yeah, well, it's all, it's all great. Uh, but yeah, probably can't go past a, a good, uh, hot ramen in winter mm. it's pretty hard to beat yeah beauty mm. nice um how good and then uh yeah last one from me what's your favorite japanese experience or memory so far Ooh. can be rugby or non-rugby yeah i've been very lucky to have been here a long time to have done quite a fair bit um something i found quite special being yeah originally from australia um was the rotem Buro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The so outside just, bar. yeah, outside bar. So being able to be outside in a location that's snowing. Yeah. And being in a beautifully hot bath, um, while it snows falling on you. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty special, pretty hard to beat. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's a beauty. Used to do it all the time after a day of skiing. Yeah. Um, so man, <laughs> chef's kiss that was. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, two questions, just real easy ones. Favorite biscuit? Ooh, favorite biscuit. Um, I'm not a massive biscuit eater, but, uh, I'd definitely have to go nice, freshly made Anzac biscuit. Oh, oh nice. nice. And tea or coffee? Uh, coffee all day, mate. Coffee nice. all day. Nice. Charlie coffee. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know, uh, uh, Anzac biscuit is, um, it's, yeah, something that was, I guess originally started making during the war, right? Eh? Yeah. Uh, NZ, uh, Australia with just the stuff they could get from their rations, I guess. And, uh, yeah, it's still being made to this day. Uh, people eat it not because they, it's the only thing they can make, but because it actually tastes nice. So if you're ever in NZ or Aussie, don't know if you can really buy them, but, um, get your friends to make them. And my mum, who's Japanese, makes a good Anzac. Uh, biscuit. So if you're in Rotorua, um, knock on every door until you get to mum's house and you know, get one. But nice, good biscuit. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, that's, I guess, uh, that's um, pretty much all I had. Uh, anything else you guys want to uh, tell them before? Obviously, Lindy's had such a good time. He'll come on next week as well. But, Sounds good. Yeah. Um, I'll pay you guys in coffee until your coffee's up and running. Then I'll buy your coffees for. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, thanks, uh, H, for coming on. Um, obviously, you've got a voice very suited to um, podcasts, a face suited to TV. Thank but, you. Um, He's a natural, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, Thank you. It's a uh, yeah. You should have your I'll name under weekly. Oh, nice. And then uh, yeah, thanks again, uh, Mr. Lindy, and always a pleasure. Um, and uh, 
excited to see how you guys go uh, Division 1 after a great promotion uh, battle. We can probably go into a bit more of that promotion battle next week maybe, but um, yeah, it's a story of, you know, the ages. So, no, uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Many more stories to come. Yeah. Stay tuned. Um, but no, it's uh, like always, it's a game of two halves, but, um, you know, full credit for the boys. Um, rugby is <laughs> on the day. So, uh, ladies out the back. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> kitchen. What do you got? Thanks for listening to another episode of the JRW Podcast. Make sure to rate and share the pod if you enjoy it. And don't forget to use code JRW15 at the ANR Pro checkout for a 15% discount. Arigats, I'll talk to you next week.